think that um, there there is a an aspect of like you said, Justin, this glamorized aspect of social media. Um, but we never really talk about how hard it is to spend 16 hours working on your business um, and then to wake up and do it again the next day. This week on the Young and Dumb podcast, for our 100th episode, we have Kelly. This Philly native won't let grit get in her way as she overcomes adversity to chase her dreams. Originally being diagnosed with anorexia in her late teens, she fought back and overcame the disease to run her own child therapy practice. Now, with the momentum rolling and the obstacles in the rear view, she's sharing her marketing expertise as an entrepreneurship coach. So this week, we overcome grit with Kelly. Kelly Cathy has been through it all, gone through a lot, but at the end of the day, she always finds a way out. So we had to give her the word grit. Granted, she takes nothing for granted and knows that every day as an entrepreneur, she has to give it her all to stay consistent. Radiating with passion when she talks about any business she's involved in. Improving. She's always learning. Even when she's teaching, she's learning from the ones she coaches. Tough. She's been through a lot and keeps coming back for more especially in the entrepreneurial realm. This week, we get the real knit and grit with Kelly. What's going on, everyone? It's your favorite co-host from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, back at it again with another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. We have finally made it to the century mark, episode number 100 on the board. We've been doing this for over a year and a half now, and it's... It's amazing to reach this point. Thank you for all of the listeners who've listened all the way up until this point and those who just joined on, you're on for a hell of a ride. So hats off to number 100. And to commemorate this amazing event, we have someone on board with us today who is a marketing guru, a therapist, and an entrepreneurial coach from Philly. Kelly, say what's up to the people. Yay. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Glad to have you on board with us, Kelly. And we're usually going to start off with our trademark question. If we're going to turn your journey from start to finish into a loading bar, where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar? Mm, That's a great question. From zero to 100%. From zero to 100%, I am at about 50, I would say. 50%. 50%. All right. So let's dive deep into that 50%. Why do you feel like you're at 50%? Right now. Hmm. Right now I am about at 50 because I'm just starting to learn how to scale businesses, to scale my business. Um, so I have a business now and I'm venturing into my second business as a entrepreneur coach and, and marketing analyst. Um, but I'm not quite at this the level that I want to be in terms of how many people I'm reaching and how many how much income I'm bringing in, basically. Um, so I have these huge goals to reach as many people as I possibly can, um, and to scale to a, a bigger income and bigger business so that I can create freedom for myself and for my clients too. So, yeah, that's why I'm at about fifty. But I'm like. Every single day I'm at another percentage because I'm learning so much and I'm so driven and so motivated towards achieving those goals. Um, So, yeah. 
Great. And I love the the idea of progression. Um, as long as you're you're moving forward, sometimes you do have to take a step back. Um, but in a sense, that's typically how I would consider progression. It's not essentially always linear. Um, you do have to sometimes learn from mistakes and move forward with that in order to progress overall. And one thing that I've learned from just going on social media in today's age is that everyone loves to show where they are in life, how they got to where they are. And it's very, very glamorized. You don't really see the struggle, the knit, the grit. And that's something that we're trying to provide here. And I understand that um, that's something you're you're not afraid to share. So would you be able to share with us a little bit about how your journey started and uh, maybe the ups and downs of your, your journey so far? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, so I have a lot of grit in my life, <laughs> a lot of grit, um, mostly because I've had to have grit with some of the things that have been like some of the things that life has thrown at me. And in and, and a lot of ways, I've taken a lot of ownership over what has happened in my life. So I think a lot of it was things that I created to develop grit, if that makes sense. Like I think some of us kind of go on this journey because we have to discover that we're strong and that we that we can have grit, if that makes sense. Um, so I guess my story kind of starts when I was 17 and I was diagnosed with anorexia. Um, it was, I had had it before 17, but 17 was when it got really bad. Um, and then after that, after I had kind of come out of it, um, it was pretty bad for a while. And then after I had come out of it, um, I was probably about 20 or 21 in my early twenties. And I sat down with my therapist and I said, you know, I recovered, I'm recovering from anorexia. Like that's a pretty big deal. It's like one of the hardest mental illnesses to recover from. And I was like, I think if I can do this, I can do anything. Like, I think I'm supposed to tell people, I think I'm supposed to show people how we're, we're, we can do anything. We're capable of anything. And in that moment, I re I had this like really big epiphany moment, like, wow, this is like my purpose in life, right? Which is huge because we're all work walking around the planet trying to figure out what our purpose in life is. Um, and I had it at, at 20, which is really amazing. Um, but there was so much I still had to navigate about safety, like having safety in the world. So I went to pursue medical school. Um, I went to UPenn. So it was like, it was safe. You know, I was guaranteed to get into medical school if I went to Penn and to go to medical school, you get a consistent paycheck and it's safe and like all of that stuff. There's so much safety in it. Um, but I wasn't happy at all. And, and I had the book in my hand and I was like the book to study for the MCATs, which is, you know, the book to get into medical school. And I said, I can't do this. Like, I can't devote the next six years of my life to something that I don't want to do. So then I decided to become a therapist. Um, and I'm so unbossable that I needed to go, I needed to build my my own business as a therapist because I wouldn't have been able to work for somebody else. Um, so then I built my business and there was so much that came up about that safety because in business, a lot isn't safe. You know, there's, you're taking a lot of risks, you're investing things up front. You're just taking a lot of risks that it's like nothing about business is safe in a lot of ways. Um, so it re-triggered all of that stuff about safety. But then within nine months, I had a full um, private practice in therapy and was making six figures. So it was like this huge thing of like, oh my gosh, I'm capable of anything. So it almost take, 
took me back to that original place of where I was with my therapist. Um, and now I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I love business so much that I, business is this platform where we can realize that we're capable of anything. So that's where no, I am. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's, that's a great for you to take that leap of faith of leaving medical school, like the whole medical school route and chasing your own dreams and your own passions and being able to scale it to even a six figure business. Like that's amazing in itself right there. I want to dive deeper into that because a lot of our listeners are either at the same stage of either they're going to college and they might want to start a business on the side or they're thinking about it or they're at the beginning stages of starting their business. Talk us through how you grew it to a six-figure business in so like in such short notice of time. Um, that's where the grit comes in. <laughs> so, so for me, it was about working really hard. I think that um, there there is a an aspect of like you said, Justin, this glamorized aspect of social media. Um, but we never really talk about how hard it is to spend 16 hours working on your business um, and then to wake up and do it again the next day. So for me, it was really, really hard work and just developing the grit to be able to do it and also to find the mentors that you needed and to, um, yeah, to find the mentors that you needed and the information that you needed. But for me, it was really about like sending this intention out into the universe and then finding the things that I needed to help me create this thing that I was creating. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, um, that's kind of where, where it started was like finding, finding the intention and putting that out into the universe and just letting, letting it come back to letting everything else come back to me as in terms of like what I needed. Um, yeah. Okay. So with that, I, we have your, your dream, you have your passion, you have your purpose. Um, you had your mm -hmm. method of getting that done, which is through business. Um, walk me along the steps that you took in order to establish your own practice. Um, because for someone that may be listening or even someone like myself, I'm like, okay, I want to start my own practice. Where the hell do I even start? Right. Right. Where do you start? Yeah. So there's so many different places you could start. So I primarily did something called community-based marketing, which is to basically go into the community and say, this is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I do. Um, and so I'm a child therapist. So I went into various places in the community that's served um, and did like a free workshop or provided free content or provided um, anything free that I could give to the community that then they knew who I was. And then I became someone in the community that they could trust for resources on child development or someone that they understood to be knowledgeable of child, child problems and anxiety and stuff like that. So I did something called community-based marketing up front, um, which has helped me grow my practice so much in that, like, I'm someone in the community that they trust. Um, and to be honest, so that was like a mark, a, a marketing piece of things. Um, 
And then there is this other piece of most, a lot of my practice is also built on word of mouth. So I think there is um, this piece of things of like, just develop, just delivering really great content and really great services. Um, so just bringing your absolute best self to everything that you do, your, your, your best and most authentic self to everything that you do. That's the way that you're allowed to connect. That's the way you connect with your clients and you connect with people enough to say, for them enough to say that they want to keep coming back, if that makes sense. And then I also did, I also do some online marketing for my practice too. So there's community marketing, online marketing, um, which I am a part of a lot of like moms groups on Facebook and stuff um, where I post free content and I'm able to connect with people in the community in a different way, which is online. Um, but it was a lot about like post, it's a lot about getting free content out there to be able to have your have people that are interested in your services trust you and then to nurture the relationship with them that they're going to come back and buy your services basically. Definitely. No, I a hundred percent agree. I think free work is underappreciated a lot of the time, mm -hmm. especially when you're first starting out. Um, I know people of my generation, they're like, um, they, I don't really want to do free work. Like I'm too good for free work. Right. But when you have no reputation, you've got no backing, that's the only way to get your name out there. And, but yeah, yeah, I want to ask the question of how do you make that transition from free work to asking for money? Because I hear this a lot, especially from photographers, right? They, I think photographers are the ones that know the most that they need to do free work. But then comes mm -hmm. the jump of like, okay, I'm free. How do I charge $50 an hour? How do I charge $100 an hour or whatever the rate is? How does, how does someone do that? I think to have boundaries with it. Um, so you give free work up until a certain point, And then once you establish your name, you're able to ask for money for it, if that makes sense. Um, and I think to have clear boundaries. So I went into community work and I did work in the community that was free. And then at my prep, but at my practice, when I was actually there, um, I charged money for it. So I think having boundaries with like how much how much free work is appropriate until you've established yourself enough to be able to ask for money if that makes sense mm -hmm. um so i often did if i did like a free workshop i would do a free workshop but then if someone contacted me from the free workshop i would say you know i do i post free content and also i charge for the services that i provide if that makes sense um, so if anyone were to contact me from a free, um, from something that I did free, I would say, you know, these are my fees. And oftentimes I never ran into a problem with people knowing that I charged. So mm -hmm. if I ran a free workshop, there were three moms that contacted me from that free workshop. They knew that they were going to have to be paying me to see their child, if that makes sense. Yeah. Would you say it's something along the lines, like how would you, how do you find what you provide for free versus what you require people to pay for? Like, how do you make that boundary that you were just talking about? Mm -hmm. I would say time, if that makes sense. So like if you're going to run a free workshop, it's probably going to be like 45 minutes. But if you're doing a full photo shoot for someone, then that's going to be two to three hours. So you're going to want to charge for that, right? Um, yeah. Am I understanding your question well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess for, let's say, photographers, right, maybe they do free work for, like, the school because it's a bigger group. And then from there, they might get clients specifically depending on how good their photos are. So, like, you do free work for, let's say, 50 to 100 people in, like, a quick short span of time, whereas you do it with your workshops. And then from there, you might get one or two or three clients that are that will pay you for a one-on-one session or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. The, that's exactly the funnel <laughs> yeah i, I kind of think of it in a sense to where like um it's with food like you make enough and then you split it off into small little bits and they're like samples so everyone gets a taste but mm-hmm. in that time that you can do for one person that you can do for a mass of people i think that's where you can kind of draw that line uh if you, you get what i'm saying there am i along the right path there yeah yeah that's a great metaphor i really like that Great. Perfect. So I want to transition a little bit more. We've gotten the, I guess, the baseline of how we get our business to where we want it to go and how we should kind of scale ourselves. But I want to get back to the resiliency. Um, Because I think that's a part that's often overlooked. Um, I think a lot with our generation, um, emotion and passion has a lot to do with what we do. Um, We put it into everything we do. There's not a lot of I do this because I have to use more. I do it because I want to. Um, and there are often roadblocks in life that are often uncontrollable that get in the way of that and often derail a lot of dreams from becoming reality. Um, so can you speak to us a little bit about the the resiliency, how you got from A to B? Yeah, that's great. Um, and plain and simple because I want it so fucking bad. Like that's what it comes down to is the resiliency. It's wanting something so bad that you get back up every single time you fail, every single time something doesn't go the way it's planned, every single time one of life's natural struggles gets in the way of you creating your business, right? Like I'm getting into the very nitty gritties of my second business and I'm also going through a breakup, right? So like you can't you can't not go through a breakup because the breakup was supposed to happen, but you also can't stop building your second business because you're losing somebody that you love. So it's like these very like and you have to hold both things in the same space, but also knowing that like no matter what happens in life, what's meant for you is meant for you and getting up every single time it doesn't feel like it is, if that makes sense. It's almost like this unwavering commitment to what you want in your life and what you want for your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And just saying almost- that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, like saying that, well, basically you went through a lot in your life so far just to get to this very point. And the work that you're doing with your um, with your therapy business, that door-to-door marketing, that community marketing, that word-of-mouth marketing, that's a very hard type of marketing to do. Um, It takes a lot of maybe getting turned down, possibly in your face, or um, not getting a lot of feedback for the work that you do. And that can be sometimes, uh, I assume, very demoralizing. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? It is. It can be discouraging. It can be really discouraging. Um, And I think that there's like, we have to almost keep an internal compass for self love, like, um, 
knowing that what you're providing is valuable and good enough. And it's almost like having so much belief in yourself and having so much love for yourself that no matter what happens outside, it's, um, it doesn't matter in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you obviously like, you want to be able to be receptive to feedback. Um, but like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't matter as much, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a common theme with every successful entrepreneur that we've had on our show, where it's like, you understand that people out there are trolls and you can't let the trolls affect your life. Whereas there's the people like maybe it's five or 10 people who are part of your inner circle, whether they're mentors or friends, and you Mm -hmm. respect their feedback because you know they're coming from a good place. And they can be saying like, oh, Kelly, this new service that you're providing is terrible, right? And But it's if it's from someone that you... Like mm-hmm. you've been working with your whole life and you trust and you understand their opinion, then you might ask, oh, why do you think that? Or, and then it goes deeper than that. So how have you gone about building up that community around you of people who you can trust and get feedback around like that, as well as how does one gain that tor- sort of perspective of being able to kind of shut out the haters, but also accepting mm-hmm. um, credible feedback when it's there? It's such a good question. Um, it's been something that's, it's, it's really hard. It's really, um, I have such a kind heart. So it's really hard for me. Like I see haters and I go to, oh my God, they're in pain and I need to like help them. Um, so it's been really hard for me to transition into, um, oh my gosh, haters, I need to help them from like, haters are going to hate. And like, you just got to leave them. You know, it's been really hard for me to transition to that. Um, but it's been really helpful to just to gain the perspective of like some people are just stuck, you know, some people aren't, you know, some people just choose to be stuck. Some people just choose to be haters and like, that's, that's where they are with things. And it's like really creating boundaries with that. I think in a lot of ways of like, just not letting that into your space, you know, just not letting those people affect you in any way. Um, and like having, again, having such a strong sense of who you are and the services that you deliver that it doesn't impact you. Um, you know, you have your, you have your process about it and you allow yourself to get angry and you allow yourself to have the natural processes of someone like coming into your space. That's a hater. Um, but not letting it, not letting it like take over your life. You know, like I just had a really, um, I had a really off putting experience with a client recently and I, I let myself have the anger and I let myself be, you know, with it, but then also I didn't let it like ruin my whole day. You know, I gave myself like 10 minutes and I was like, okay, I'm just going to get over this and move on. Because if you, if you like keep sitting with it, it's just going to like ruin your whole day, you know? Um, and I, it's been really, um, as I've, and, and on the flip side of that, to your question, Justin, about creating the community that really supports you. Um, I've been really resourceful in finding the people I've needed to, that I didn't have, if that makes sense. Um, So my, 
Yeah. And, and I think as you become more of who you are and more authentic and genuine, you attract those people that are also that way. So then you can have genuine, authentic relationships with people where you do feel lifted up. And also the constructive feedback doesn't feel as criticizing because you know that they still love you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Did you find these people like Facebook, Instagram, networking events? What was the best place to kind of meet these people? So my very best friend is also a therapist. Um, actually, so I met one of my best friends in graduate school. Um, and my very best friend is also a therapist. She's a child therapist as well. And she contacted me through Facebook, which is like amazing. Like she was just like, this girl looks cool. I'm going to message her. And like, she is my ride or die. Like everything I go to is for her because we love each other so much. And she's also like, and we're also like, Hey, you might be able to work on this, you know? So like, we love each other so much, but then we can also, um, like challenge each other to be better, you know? Yeah, I think that's what's important to have in your circle. Not only people that you enjoy being around, but people that will uh, challenge you and take you uh, to another level as you as they know you do the same for them. So that's that's incredible that you found that um, at such yeah. an early stage in, in the business life. But now we're going to switch um, views a little bit and we're going to take a look at not only the whole 50% that we've just uh, dive deep into. We're going to take a look at your full 100%. So if you had to uh, give us an, a guesstimate of what 100% would look like, what would it be? Oh, I love this question. Um, so I want to be mil- running a multi-million dollar company. And I hesitate to say that because I'm also like, there's so much excitement, but then also like, Ah, how do I do this? Um, so I want to be, I want to be running a multi-million dollar company, um, mostly based online. Um, so I want to be able to like have everything down packed to run an online company that's that can be multi-million dollars. But the only reason that I'm making the goal to create a multi-million dollar company is because I want to give it to the world. (laughs) Like I'm so driven towards being a philanthropist because there's so many parts of the world that need help that don't have money or resources that I want to be the person that can do that. You know, like that's so badass to be able to like have the resources and the capability to make tons of money and just give it to the world. Um, And I can tell you my dream since I was probably five, which like at a, in a five-year-old, you know, in your five-year-old brain, you can't really make sense of that, which I get. But now that I'm like 28, I'm like, oh, wait, this is what I was like thinking about in my room when I was five, <laughs> which is cool. But yeah, so that's my hundred percent. Um, so I'm for my, any profits, 25% of the profits that I'm making in my, co- my business coaching business. Um, my entrepreneur coaching business is going towards um, those efforts towards just spreading it around the world. I'm not exactly sure where I'm, I'm going to be giving it yet. Um, but there's a fund already. So <laughs> um, our greatest perks, not perks, but our greatest features as millennials and Gen Z, but it's also one of our greatest cripples because unlike yourself where you've built a successful business and now you're starting to give back, I think many people try to give back too early and in the long run, they end up giving back less because it's a cripple at the beginning. 
Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to you, and I think you're doing a great job with all of that. I feel like some people treat it as like a, a tax write-off, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something you could just save some bucks on and looks good and, you know, you know, you're paying your dues essentially, but it's it's about much, much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you guys brought that up because I think that in all of this, we always have to question where our intentions coming from, right? Like I think that your intention can come from like, oh, I'm going to just like build a small school in Cambodia and then like everybody, like it's going to come from this place of ego, you know, of like, oh, and then I'll be looked at as a good person. And like, I think that it's really, um, I think it's really easy for us to get caught up in like the money aspect of things and the fame and the glory when it's like, we really just want to come from genuineness and authenticity. And I think that that's like the most important part of the intention in all of this is like you, like we all have a really special gift in our hearts and the world needs that gift. And to create from that place of like specialness and uniqueness and having a gift, I think is so important for us to make that shift versus like getting an ego boost, you know? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I, I agree with that. So with that, we get to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking question. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So question number one, if you could choose any class to take in high school or college or that you wish that was offered at your school, what would it be? Um, I think if I could create anything or if, if I could have gotten anything, then it would have been discovering your purpose, um, discovering your purpose in life because – I think that kids are just expected to filter into college and discover what you want to do. And like, we don't actually know what our true purpose is. Um, And that's so core to a healthy sense of self, having a true purpose that, but none of us are taught how to even discover what that is. Um, And, but, and, but discovering your true purpose is, are the, is the number one foundation of building a successful business because coming back to that why every single day is what gets you out of bed. You know, my purpose is to make the world a better place and to give, to give to the world. And that's what I come back to every single, you know, every single time I don't want to get out of bed or every single time, like the grief of a breakup takes me over, whatever that is, I come back to that. Why that purpose, you know? Yeah, no, I I definitely hear that. And it's important to love what you do or have that purpose. um, Because I think that's what brings out the best in us. Um, you really see someone excel at something when they actually care about it, when they genuinely, passionately um, have their heart or souls invested into what they do. It's when you see the best results. So 100%, I agree with you there. So, okay, so going to the next question, Justin, for some odd reason, believes in modern medicine and thinks we're going to live to 120. I don't know. We'll see when I'm 120, but we're going to picture we're on this, uh, we're a hundred years from now, you have your entire family around you. You've accomplished everything that you've want to accomplish in life. And you have one of your family members bring you a book. This book is your autobiography and Mm -hmm. you open up, you turn to the first chapter and that first chapter happens to be your entire life up until this very point that me, you are speaking right now. Mm. What is the title of that chapter? Resiliency. Yeah. 
I like that. I like that a lot. And this is going towards both your you overcoming your struggles with uh, anorexia and through the business right now. Would that be correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, love that. Love that. Yeah. Before we ask our last question, um, where can people find you? Where can they get in touch with you and find all your, your content? And if they want to learn more about your businesses, where can they get in touch with you? You can find me at kellycathy.com. And that is K-E-L-L-I-E-C-A-T-H-E-Y.com. It's under some construction now as I'm rebranding. But you can find me there and you can contact me. And every single one of the people that contact me, I contact them directly. Um, So, yeah, find me there. Ask me any questions. Leave me some love. Do whatever you need to do to get what you need met from your interaction with me because that's what I'm here for. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. All right. So final question. What is a question that you wish that we asked you? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think you guys did a really great job. It was really thorough. Appreciate that. Well, give us something to to leave behind. Do you have any last words for our listeners out there that you want them to hold on to after the interview here? I would say that you are and you're extraordinary. You are beyond capable of anything that you know is possible. Anything that you want in your life, you can get it and it's possible. Any relationship, any goal, any business, anything that you want is possible. And, and you have everything inside of you to make that happen. Thank you for that. And for all of our listeners out there, chase your dreams find your passions, and in the words of 2008 Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. (laughs) Kelly, I want to extend a huge get your grind up. Thank you for coming on to the podcast today and, you know, sharing your passion with us, really letting us know the knit and grit to becoming a business mogul. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. And for all of our listeners out there again, I hope you guys enjoyed episode number 100. We will be back again with a hundred. Nope. Not a hundred. A thousand more. Get Your Grind Up is here to stay. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about Kelly, hop on our website, getchogrindup.com. Or you can find us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. Again, we will be back very soon. It's your co-host from the East Coast signing off, Justin and Gary. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. Thanks a lot, everyone. A hundred down, thousand more to go. See you soon. Peace. Peace.